Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello everyone, welcome back to Ausbiz. We kick off the afternoon with the call. 10 stocks you've suggested, I put it to two experts uh, and we get it all done in an hour. I love it, fast and furious, it's informative. And uh, today we're joined by Mark Mullen from Team Invest and Mark Gardner from Macro Capital, the two M's, Marky Mark, joining us here. Welcome. There's never going to be a koshy kosh, is there? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Mark, how are you? Oh, very well. Good. Hey, Mark G and, and Mark M. Um, budget out tonight. Does that play into your thinking as an investor? Or? Well, not, not, not from Team Invest perspective, because, yeah. we are, because we're long-term investors and we work on a rolling five years. Yeah. There's nothing that they're going to do in the budget that's going to make a material difference. I mean, there'll be some things maybe that'll help certain businesses, but we don't trade on things like that. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah look, we're, we're looking for yeah, we're looking for a few things. The highest polling um, issue for voters is obviously is uh, you know green credentials for both parties. So right. yeah, look, we've been looking into things like green hydrogen. Uh, it seems to be uh, I think Scott Morrison said something at the the uh, leaders Zoom meeting that. Um, he wanted to build the green hydrogen valley of or like the Silicon Valley um, in the oh. US. So look, and obviously Andrew Forrest is getting involved in that. And, you know, where, where he's involved, there tends money tends to follow. So, yeah. Yeah. so yeah, we're looking at a few little names in, in sort of that area, but not, um, yeah, look, it's, it's not going to affect a massive amount of, um, a massive amount of, uh, of stocks really over, you know, yeah. over things. So. And the hydrogen one's interesting because there's green and there's blue too, isn't it? That's what, um, yeah. Santos are involved in, isn't it? The carbon yeah. capture and well, it's all that it's, sort of stuff. It's, com- it's commercial. So yeah. uh, I think green hydrogen at the moment is 3.59 US a kilo. So right. basically it needs to be competitive, it needs to get down to about $2, but it's it's ahead of schedule. Um, Goldman Sachs... Uh, on, what, are the, what are those figures again? So it needs to get down to about $2 a and kilo. And what is it now? Uh, it's about $3.59 US. Oh, $3.59, yeah. right. Right. But the, but when you said three fifty nine, they meant three hundred fifty nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought three hundred fifty. I thought, geez, that's a lot. Well, I thought it was a bit closer than that. But, the, but technology's about three years ahead of what it, what right. uh, most pundits yeah. thought it would be uh, about a year ago. So, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting area anyway. So. Yeah, and you've got the New South Australian government saying they want a government own a hydrogen plant in Wyala, and you've got GFG who's already in Wyala wanting to do their own hydrogen plant mm. private one there. So there's yeah. lots of focus. It's on always it, a bad right? sign when governments start pushing out private enterprise to manage it themselves. Oh. It's a disaster for, well, for the taxpayers. And I, don't, I don't think any government in the world owns a hydrogen plant. So it will be interesting. We should be the first. Yeah, yeah. Said no one ever. <laughs> Doesn't that go well? All right, let's start getting into the stocks now. Uh, this half hour, uh, Seven West Media is uh, going to get our attention at ResMed, DropSuite, Adairs and New Hope. And uh, uh, our stock of the day, I thought we'd take uh, a look at Sigma, Sigma Healthcare. 
pulling mm. full year guidance, but expects to uh, expects a return to profitability in fiscal 2023. This as it swings to a full year net loss of just over $7 million due to higher infrastructure spend and in line with the previous government guidance. Uh, revenue up just over 1%, even though shareholders could expect a one cent dividend trading so far today. Um, pretty flat uh, by the look of it. Mark, what did you think, Mark G? Um, <laughs> well, well what, do, what do you think of Sigma? Oh, look, it's not really, um, it's not really the sort of company we're, we're looking at at the moment. That healthcare sector is sort of, in Australia, I think it's been a little bit unfairly beaten down. I think they're, they're, um, they're out, you know, uh, companies like Fisher and Paykel, for instance, recently um, outlined, you know, upcoming costs and we're sort of being yep. honest with the market and they've dropped pretty considerably. But there's some world leaders in that space at the moment, like CSL, Fisher and Paykel, et cetera, that... Um, you know, different businesses, but within the same sector that, you know, I'd, I'd much rather um, have on, which have better track records and, um, and more upside. And, and as well, look, something like, obviously, um, West Farmers taking over API gives them the ability of scale now as well, and they're, yeah. their competition to Sigma. So, look, this is a, it's a bit of a legacy business. It's got, you know, it's, it's all this capital expenditures to make it more efficient. It is getting to, end, to the end of that CapEx cycle spend. So next year should be better overall, but realistically, they, the competition from a company that was doing it better with less resources has now right. got more resources. So I don't think I'd be, you know, and West right. Farm is pretty cheap at the moment as well. Obviously, you get a whole basket of other things as well um, in that. So look, I'm, I'm pretty happy to avoid so it for the better, moment. Better options elsewhere. Uh, yeah, I think there's better options elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. In that sector. Mark, in? Uh, yeah, Sigma's, uh, we've looked at it over the years and it's, 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 it's basically to be in what we class as a mediocre business. Right. The pharmaceutical area is hard. You, know, it's, you don't make a lot. It's it's very very competitive, and there's it's it's you know, there's not it, there is a, like a duopoly in the market, but it's very uh, it's a tough area to do well in. And as you said, they've increased overheads and so on, and they they've always been just okay. We we sort of don't want to invest in just okay businesses. Right. We want to invest yeah. in businesses that have decent earnings growth and tailwinds and so on right. to get a better return. Having said that. Uh, it is in the green from our point of view because it's come down so far. It's currently on a P of about 6.9 in mm. the trailing, which is okay. it's still cheap. Now, the thing is, once they, and they probably will come back because this is a reliable business. You know, it's not yeah. like it's going away. Yeah. Uh, there's no risk of the business failing. So if you look at it on a five-year horizon, we're showing it returning about 13% a year likely based on its historic performance. So that's assuming it just gets back to its mediocre status. Right. But 13% is good. Yep. Mm. And, it pays, okay. and it, pays, it pays out a fair bit on dividends usually as well. But it doesn't, it wouldn't excite us, so we would have no interest right. in it. Okay. Um, and look at that over five years from a, a dollar twenty nine, then just just go, <laughs> just gone sideways, has it up for yep. three years, done yeah. absolutely nothing. Um, some of those other healthcare stocks that Mark G was talking yep. about, you know, the CSLs, Fisher oh. and Paykel Healthcare, are they getting to a level where they've just been beaten down? Oh, they're, so much, <coughs> they're absolutely buyers. Right. Yeah. Uh, but Fisher and Paykel Healthcare is a wealth winner from our point right. of view, so is CSL. Right. And they're both at levels. I think Fisher and Parker was showing about a 35% a year return at its current level wow. for us, you know, on their on <coughs> default measures, which is spectacular. Yeah, yeah. I'll, just, I'll just pull it up, actually, because it's yeah. a good question. Fisher yeah. and Parker, FPA. Mark yeah. G on... Yeah, look, Fisher and Parker Health is, you know, it's, it's an industry leader, world leader. Um, 
obviously they've flagged costs that pretty much have been priced in. I, you know, I think I don't think you're going to be a genius to have to have thought that there's going to be supply chain issues and shipping cost issues. So yeah. I don't I don't really understand why it's been beaten down so hard. Healthcare does fairly well in an interest rate rising environment as well, which is upcoming. Yep. Um, I think it's yeah, it's a good opportunity at the moment mm. for their high quality companies. They're also not cyclical at all, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, the demand for their products. And the other thing, Fisher and Paykel, uh had a really good COVID. Obviously, yeah. so they did really yeah. well in COVID. But what, one of the big things that happened in COVID is their positive airflow uh, machines used in the hospitals. Yeah. They were getting resistance from a lot of the uh, hospital staff and so on not to use them when they were using incubators. And right. the, the, and right. what happened with COVID is because of all the problems, they were forced to use all the Fisher and Parkell kit right. instead of because there were shortages of uh, ventilators. Yeah, ventilators. And yeah. hello, hello, it worked better. Ah. So there's been a significant uplift now in demand, particularly on consumables for Fisher and Parkell's traditional. Uh, air positive airflow right. equipment, mm. all because of COVID. Oh, so it's sort, of, it's sort of accelerated the market. The other thing they're doing is building a new factory in Mexico and I think another one in New Zealand as well. Right. So the CapEx is part of why they've been beaten down. We look at that as being good. Because right. what management's saying is we are so confident in our growth prospects over the next 10 years, we're adding mm. capacity. Okay. And so why is that a negative? Because that's what the yeah. market does. The negative yeah. goes, oh, that's not good. That's gonna, Maybe they won't make as much money next year. And you go, right. well, on a five-year horizon, both of them are cheap. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they competed with Resved. They did. They did. Right. But only about roughly um, Fisher and Parkell is about thirty percent uh, CPAT and seventy percent right. hospitals. Right. Resmed's about ninety percent CPAT, ten okay. percent hospitals. Okay. So there's an overlap, and they try and try and encroach in each other. Right. Resmed's okay. a bit more of a data play. We've got Resmed. Okay, here. we're coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that a bit later. So no on Sigma, yeah. but some of the the other healthcare. Uh, groups a yes on. All right, let's get into the stocks that you want us to take a look at. Tammy Lynn um, has asked for a view on uh, uh, Seven West Media, Mark Gardner. Uh, Tammy Lynn says, I bought uh, SWM at 35 cents. Should I hold for the advertising for the federal election? And if I'm doing that, should I then hold for the advertising for the Victorian election coming up soon after? Or ignore all of that and wait for the September report and sell on the potential dividend announcement. Tammy Lynn, you've done pretty well in Seven West Media. Absolutely, she has. Um, look, I would be uh, erring towards the latter. Um, Seven West and Nine Entertainment usually have um, their best sort of four months of the year on a cyclical basis uh, over the last yeah. 10 years uh, in the month leading up to their reporting and the month of their reporting. Um, obviously, election being relatively close, is gonna, there's going to be a lot of traditional media spend. Um, yeah. So look, I, I, these aren't the, these sort of stocks don't tend to get on a rally until that until that reporting. Um, if you get an opportunity um, to bail, you know, through record highs, then oh, potentially. But um, I think this space should do you know should do relatively well overall. Um, I think you can you can have either or nine, seven west or both really. Right. So uh, I think nine's probably a little bit expensive at the moment. It's sort of edging towards three dollars now. Um, so it's rallied quite a bit, but. Yeah. Um, Seven West, look, on, on the chart here at the moment, you know, you've got a pretty clear stop there, say 56. Um, you'd, you'd be happily, I'd be a happily a buyer here and, okay. and try to ride this out until uh, the next reporting season. Uh, because not only is it the two major parties, uh, big spending coming from um, the Clyde Palmer's party as well. Uh, a little, <laughs> little bit told, told me you're spending so much money that... Um, uh, some of the traditional media outlets uh, asking for it to be paid up front, <laughs> and checks arrive. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's their financial controller going. Not, we're not worried that we're not going to be paid. Let's let's put the screws on and get the money up front. Mm. <laughs> it's and called cash flow. And it's, <laughs> and it's happening. Yeah. So yeah. what do you think? Yeah. Of well, it's interesting. Money? The reason political advertising is so good is my understanding. What always used to be, I assume it's the same now. Yeah. They charge full rack rate. Yes. Because they can't. They they don't want to be seen to doing deals. Now normally you get deals, and the deal might be. 70, 80 percent off the card, yep, yep, but all yep. the political advertising is at full rate. Right. So it's extremely profitable. So I, I accept the logic of saying that. We can't. We don't look at investing that way. You know. So right. the idea of saying I'll hold it because of some event that should happen, therefore that should push the price up. You get right. all these if if if. It's not a recipe for building wealth. Right. You might make yeah. a, you might make a speculative profit, but yeah, we're into building wealth long term, right. and that's just not just even trading doesn't work long term in our yeah. view. It's a uh, the real wealth is generated by the holding, you know, right. the, by buying the right businesses that have the growth and okay. trustworthy management and then staying there and let compound. So do its is, job. is this a right business? No way. Well, right. if you look at the earnings, the earnings have been declining at a 21% average for the last six years. So this has been, they've been net losers against the um, online business that's been sucking ad revenue out yep. of uh, mainstream media. Yep. So the business is in decline. Uh, right. the, whole, whole, the, whole in, the whole industry is, uh, television. Uh, Not you guys, because you're online. Yeah. <laughs> well, all of yeah. them. Yeah. Well, they're, that's no, a, no, but Seven West is online, Nine's online Yeah, but now, the, but the traditional digital. business, oh, yeah. Yeah, which used to be massive. Yeah. I remember used to, I used to go to lunch with Channel 7 in Adelaide with the chopper. You know, they took us out to lunch and the chopper. You know, those days are long gone, aren't they? Yeah. yeah the sales department <laughs> used to have access to the helicopter. Yeah. Three detaining clients. Yeah, I get an Opal card now. <laughs> that's that's right. about it. That was back yeah. in the old days. So yeah. it's already, if the market's in like a cyclical decline, you know, television yeah. is, now maybe it's leveling off now. You know, I'm not yeah. saying it's going away. Yeah. Um, you, it's a hard, to invest in it, you're sort of yeah. betting against, a, a, it's, got a, it's got a headwind, let's call it right. that way. Right. So I'd have zero interest in it. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, now, Nathan Mark Mullen wants a view on ResMed. We touched on it briefly. The um, sort of basically sleep apnea machines dominate uh, yeah. ResMed, don't yeah. they? Yes. Well, ResMed has, um, has been a, um, a fantastic investment. It was originally Australian. It's dual listed in the US as well. And it's actually, I'd, I'd recommend anyone who's seriously looking at it to actually look at the uh, US graph. So look it up on YouTube. Uh, on, um, uh, not you, uh, Yahoo Finance right. or something, and have a look at the earnings growth and so on. It's actually quite different, and the reason is, in Australia, we've had uh, a positive uh, benefit of the US dollar because right. the US dollar went up. I mean, lately it's gone down a bit, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. over the years we've depreciated against the US dollar, which means a lot of resumes Australian earnings are the exchange rate issue. Mm -hmm. It's significant okay. in, in the in the scheme of things. But look, resumes a quality company. Uh, very high stability. It's got 96% stability in sales, which we really like, and 88% in earnings. Uh, we're sh not showing it returning a high rate at the moment. We're showing it about 3% a year at the current level. And the reason is the PE is at 63. Right. So it's got a very high PE. They bought a company called, it was a Braintree. The, what was the, uh, there was a data, big oh, data yeah. company they bought. Yeah, yeah. So they've been sort of a bit re-rated as being a tech company now. Oh. I think that's a bit of a stretch, personally. Yeah, but absolutely. Right. <laughs> so, so but, but if you look at that compared to going back to Fisher & Paykel, Fisher & Paykel was on 26, right. going yeah. on memory, PE. So this yeah. is like three times the price of Fisher & Paykel, wow. and that's then manifested in the return. Right. Yeah, so ResMed, quality business. Uh, I like it. I prefer Fisher yeah. & Paykel, and value for money, no comparison. Okay, yeah. too expensive. Right, I'm pretty much echoing the other Mark's uh, comments there, really. Um, Fish and Paykel, definitely my preference uh, in the sector. Um, 
that PE is extraordinarily high. Uh, I, and look, it's from a technical standpoint as well. Um, it's sitting on pretty crit, pretty critical support here at the moment. Um, I'd be a touch worried about it breaking down there. Um, obviously, with that with that Aussie dollar um, has been in favour of, of the Australian shares for the last sort of three or four weeks, way, yeah. and it's going the other way. So. Yep. I think, you know, and to be honest, I think the, the Aussie may have peaked slightly now um, as geopolitical tensions sort of calm and the demand for all well, the scramble for our commodities is calming. So, look, I, I think the, the Aussie might drag it through this support here the, as, it's, as it stands currently. And, and I think it's probably, you're, you're fairly likely to get, you know, what I would regard as a very clear stop below 31 is probably going to get triggered. So. While Fisher and Paykel's cheap, I, I think it's a pretty clear, you know, pretty easy switch into um, into something that's, you know, that's right. uh, also an industry leader, a reliable business, and has a much, you know, much is much cheaper. So. Right. Okay. All right. Um, just top line on CSL. So yeah. we've we've gone through the three big ones. Uh, I remember a year ago, lots of people on the panel were saying if you can get. Uh, CSL at below three hundred dollars to buy in mm. anyone's language. Has it got to three hundred for a while? Is yep. it just stagnating where it is? Uh, well, there's a couple of things that have happened. One is they there was they had some negative impact, particularly on plasma blood plasma collection yeah, yeah. in the US yeah, during got COVID. Interrupted. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, and that that affected their so that affected their earnings to a degree. Um, I, I, we're totally confident in right. CSL. Um, okay. So I bought some uh, at three hundred two. Right. by the way at that time yeah yeah and i bought some more in the 260s right. so it's got cheaper since then it's on a PE at the currently of about 36 right. but this is a this is number one in the world in yeah. this area on uh, blood plasma products and so on it's a market leader mm. in the world how many companies have we got like that in australia yeah uh, brian mcnamee who was basically the founder mentality ceo who built the business yeah. then retired went away because he had to because of the you know proxy advisor rules these days yeah. and then came back he's now chairman yeah. uh, he's brilliant yeah. so uh, I'm very very confident in CSL's future CSL's done I think 23% compound return since listing wow. so in other words you bought CSL you just bought it listing it's kept through 22% compound that's like six times your capital every 10 years yeah. there's not many businesses that have done that and I think it's going to continue doing okay. it we're showing it returning 20.1 on default okay. Brian McNamee older brother of uh, tennis legend Paul McNamee as well. Brother. Just a bit of trivia, yes. Uh, CSL? Yeah, yeah, look, I, I really like the sector. Um, I, I do think um, CSL is quite cheap at the moment. I mean, oh, it's generally trading at a PE above 40 and it's, you know, back in the 30s, we've been, we've been absorbing, you know, or sort of basically buying some on any pullback for, you know, six months or so. So oh, uh, we were heavily okay. involved in the cap raise. Um, and look, they're investing in, you know, they're investing in obesity and aging. Like it's one, two of the biggest issues that uh, the world's going to face from a healthcare point of view. Yeah. Um, and they've, so they've just made a very smart acquisition yeah. there as well. So um, yeah, look, I, mm. and, and again, the healthcare does fairly well in a rate rise environment as well. So I think, you know, I think they're, they're very cheap at the moment, and um, look, oh, and it'll be okay. one of those ones that I think you'll probably, when you see people shift out of uh, the commodity stocks, um, you know, over the next sort of, you know, towards the end of the cycle, you, you'll probably they'd be scrambling for okay, these sorts of stocks. Yeah, interesting. All right, uh, Kip wants a view, Mark Gardner on Drop Suite, the uh, data backup company. Uh, Kit says um, it's turning the quarter and becoming profitable. This is according to Kit. Uh, $20 million in the bank, so no need for a cap raise with interest rates rising. Uh, raised last year, 
with the aim of uh, accretive M&A opportunities. Um, the chief executive is the, uh, Google's former head of business development in Southeast Asia. Um, <coughs> what's the team think of Dropsy? Yeah, look, I, we don't, I don't mind this business. Um, they've sort of had a, a really heavy reliance on um, a small amount of customers um, in the initial part. Um, they have broadened that now. I think it's only sort of down towards the 60% mark on, on those sort of Keystone, um, Keystone uh, customers. So uh, yeah, things are sort of turning the corner in terms of, you know, they're not quite profitable yet. Um, they seem relatively cheap here. Tech's not an area <coughs> overall that, um, you know, I'm, I'm happily investing in at the moment. Um, so for me, it would be an avoid um, yep. just, just from a macro point of view. Um, but, but overall, look, it doesn't, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's basically done what, it, what they've set out to do. Um, it really is one of those things, say, from like a megaport who obviously, you know, goes and does all your infrastructure. You know, this is the sort of thing that is very easily tacked on um, yep. as a small cost um, to basically cover the arse of the, uh, yeah. of the provider for any sort of backups because they don't really provide that um, Obviously, some sort of, you know, small risk would be, you know, if I think 365 of uh, Microsoft is generally where they do a lot of backups of, you know, if Microsoft wanted to get it in that space, yeah. it's a bit of a risk to the business, but it's chipping along fine. It's doing all the right things at the moment. Uh, yeah, I'd be I'm a touch concerned that they've gone to raise capital and then not actually made an acquisition. They've been yeah. sitting on that cash for a while, but... Um, but maybe they're waiting for things to be a little bit cheaper, and who knows? But, but yeah, but from not, a macro not a sector, just not a sector in. at the moment yeah. that I think I, I feel I need to take the risk. Seems a common theme amongst our uh, <coughs> experts here on the calls power. Tech is an avoid at least till the second half of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a yeah. lot of people sort of reckon there could be a second leg down in tech over the next couple of months when interest mm. rates start to rise. Uh, Mark Morland, drop suite. Um, it, the problem is they've been going for eight years listed. And they must have been in a business before that, and they don't make any money. Yeah. So yeah. if you look yeah. at their profit, there isn't any, and yeah. it's it flat. It's flatlining. But last year they lost thirty-one thousand right. dollars. But how do you do that? You know, why didn't they make one dollar profit? I mean, that's just a rounding error. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. something. But to me, it's bizarre that these guys yeah. can't make any money, and they've been going for eight years listed. Yeah. Great tech stock. Yeah. You know I mean, so it's not even a story of growth things. If you look at sales, sales have been totally flat. Yeah. yeah, so it's not like they're growing sales. You know, there used to be an argument of saying, well, they're, they're gaining critical mass and therefore it's a story of nothing, yeah. basically. Yeah. Why would you bother? Yeah, okay. Um, Harry wants a view, Mark Moore, on, on Adairs. That's a more traditional um, stock homeware yep. um, business. Yes. Did well during lockdown, yep. didn't they? Yes, they've come out with a, uh, a downgrade on uh, forecast earnings going forward. And they said that was because of uh, lockdowns in Victoria and stuff as well. So they had, yep. they had a fairly big impact on their, on their business, which some of the other retailers had as well. Yep. Adairs was actually quite expensive for a while. We, we had a look at it in detail and actually did um, some what we call smarts, which is like a deep dive on yep. the company. And whilst it was okay, we didn't like their debt because their debt uh, was actually, um, it's about 65%. I'm not sure what they've got. Yep. That's including the acquisition they made. Or not with it because it's probably going to fail our debt fields. But anyway, and is that uh, that leases on shops? No, no, no. They did a they they made they bought a uh, company called so it's like a flat flat uh, flat pack 
uh, furnishing oh, business. I like can't remember the name. Type thing. Um, yeah. yeah, sort of. Right. Yeah, not <laughs> as big. Which is quite <laughs> different to their bit different to their their business model. Right. Um, and right. they bump their debt up, which for right. us in retail, you know, you don't want retailers carrying a lot of debt. No. Let's put it that way. No. Um, it's not like CSL, you know, or right. someone who has totally rock solid cash flow. Yep. Yeah. Retailers can go up and down based on the, uh, yeah. the cycle. But look, Adairs is looking pretty good. We're showing it returning about twelve percent on a margin of safety and 22% a year over the next five years. By the way, the whole retail sector is good and the standout is AX1 right. at the moment right. on, in, uh, in retail. But retail's yeah. been fantastic. The big thing about retail in Australia is they haven't, we talked about it before, it hasn't, the PEs haven't gone up mm. versus, relative to their earnings. Yeah. So they've often had very good earnings growth, like JB Hi-Fi and everyone, um, but their PEs are on 10, 11. Right. It's like the old days. So if you go back and look yeah. 10 years back, that was what... And Nick Scarley's in favour of yours. So Nick, well, Nick, right. Nick Scarley's a bit higher, but yes, Nick Scarley as well. Yeah. Yep, yeah. definitely. So look, it looks fine. Um, it's come back from... Uh, just over the price, what happened? It's gone back from $4.97 to $2.70. When it was at $4.97, the P was 20 Right. Way too expensive. But yeah. now, now we're looking at 11 It's all right. Okay. I'd say, yeah. I'd say yeah, so I'll, I'll say it's a buy. Okay. Yeah, look, um, Nick Scarley's also a favourite of mine as well, um, or of macros. Um, yeah, I'd probably prefer uh, Nick Scarley at the moment, just, you know, that reliability of founder, you know, being founder-led. Um, uh, I saw BlackRock become a significant shareholder the other day. Um, it's, it's always good to have, a, you know, a, you know, the biggest fund manager in the world on your side. Um, so, look, but, but to be honest, I'm, I mean, I'd be happy to own either, really. I think this... Uh, it, it's yeah. I think Nick Scully's a, is a touch more expensive, but the analysts um, overwhelmingly in both of those in both of the stocks have um, you know significant upside price uh, also price targets on them. So um, I think the analyst average is like is something around the four dollar mark um, or four dollar fifty even. So look, mm. I think there's plenty of upside in these. Okay. We we obviously their earnings reports um, were affected by. That last little wave of Omicron, um, and that sort of screwed Christmas up as and, well. And so do you think you can pick out when the downgrade, um, yeah, the trading update <laughs> came out? Would just be that precipice there. Yeah, <laughs> that it came so. down the end of December. Yeah. <laughs> that's but, the problem when you have high peers. Yeah, because yeah. if, if the if the stock is already at the high end of expectations, you're obviously going to get hit harder if there's any bad news. Yeah. You know the old saying of price for perfection. So, that's the risk with high PE stops. Yeah, so now you take advantage of it. Yep. Yeah, look, I think I think yep. it's it's sort of a good time to be adding to these sorts of things. Like, uh, yield is something that people are going to be hunting around for, uh, particularly yeah, okay. rising rates. So, Great. look, yeah, either one of the, either one of the two is fine. Um, and you know, the, with those PEs back, there's a there's a margin of safety there okay. as well. So, but as I said, like just just with the founder-led business um, and obviously an income, you know, a really solid in, incoming um, shareholder in BlackRock. Um, I'd, you know, I'd probably just erring towards Nick Scarley, but yeah. only, only marginally. Okay. So. All right. Speaking of uh, yield, um, Mark Gardner, um, Brady wants a view on New Hope. Uh, Brady says, just released half year results, have announced a 30, 30 cent dividend, brackets, geez, they're spitting out cash at the moment, close brackets. That's from uh, Brady. Uh, given the current short term tailwinds for the industry, the long term pessimism is now a good time to be exiting the company. Specifically, would you exit prior to the dividend um, X date, or do you have a more positive view on the long term? If you do like it for the long term, do you see the possibility to take profits now, and maybe re-enter at a cheaper price? Yeah, look, the, yeah, there is a possibility. Obviously, at the moment, um, Ukraine and Russia are going into talks in Turkey. The geopolitical situation might calm down. I think probably coal prices pull back. So. 
if you if you want to do a short term trade, I think it's not a bad uh, time mm. to be um, to be trimming and then maybe trying to pick some up. Um, we look at energy at macro as a bit as a whole. I recently wrote an article on this. Um, so essentially, coal and oil are, are, okay. are a reality. I, I, I should should point out. Let's take the ESG filter out of this, yeah, because everyone has their own individual ESG. Filter, exactly. Yeah. Uh, on whether you want to be in coal stocks. So, or from a from stock. a pure capitalism point of yeah, view, yeah, yeah, pure investment um, point of view. Look, I, we're we're pretty overweight energy um, mm. as it is, but look, I think you get it. You're still going to have to invest in white ha- you know, white havens and new hopes. And oil for you know for probably the next the next sort of five years realistically, um, and then and then reducing uh, reducing because they're not opening any more coal mines basically yeah. now anywhere. So there's going to be this shortage is probably going to hang in there, and essentially over the next say over the next decade, you'd basically be phasing out your your dirty energy and then phasing yeah. into your renewables as a, as a as a basket, not as a no, I'm not a fan of the, and a lot of the research is all industry written. So, but I, th- I think looking at energy as a, you know, as a whole and energy needs, um, you really need to look at things for like from a from a broader basket perspective. Mm. So, at the moment, yeah, look, it's going to yield fairly well. Um, prices are going to, if they're, you know, if they're going to remain high. I think that, like I said, I think they're pretty white hot at the moment. It's pretty overextended, but. It'd be basically something. I think you're going to have to own some, you know, some oil and coal for the for the foreseeable future, and then transition <coughs> out. So. so yes, at these levels, or is it a whole? Oh, not 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 at these levels, particularly with the with geopolitics calming okay. down um, at the moment. And was a, if uh, head of Citadel um, Funds Management said the other day, the you know basically gauge your risk on the Ukraine situation by how close they get to the western border. Oh. And at the moment, you know they may annex some, you know some, the eastern fringe, but they're not really. Okay. You know, barreling into Kiev so but if you're in it you keep holding it yeah I'd pro- I would probably hold it or if you're inclined to do the try to the short-term po- um, right. trade then I'd be selling and then trying to buy back lower but I, I couldn't be buying it here at the moment no yeah uh, well <laughs> I think uh, when you said coal is going to be a major thing for the next five years I think it's more like 20 years yeah, in my view it, yeah, forget what everyone says yeah the reality is coal consumption is at record levels and growing mm. fast uh, including yeah. China and not just yeah. Not only because of the uh, effect of Ukraine and so on, that's obviously yep. adding to mm. pressure without a doubt. Uh, these guys are printing money, mm. and Sol Pats have got 330 million shares in it. Mm. And we had Robert Milner in uh, late last year. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about this, and yeah. uh, he, he the, the view their view was this is long term. And, and, and Brickworks Glenn, is in it too, yeah. son. I think I don't know. Is it? Well, via, sure. via, Could be. Probably. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's, there's, you know, they, they, they're happy with related parties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, I think regardless, as you said, we're not looking at it from an ESG yeah. point of view. No. Mm. Um, coal is going to be a major player for a lot longer than people anticipate. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah, I agree. And, and it, it was not like we're racing into nuclear or anything that could change that. It's not happening. So we're a long way away from battery storage being able to get even close to dealing with. So I, I think coal generally, uh, because it's being beaten down so much, uh, and not loud, not just lately, but it yeah. was, and it's got a massive headwind in in uh, people's view of it. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of money to be made in coal. It's yeah. not what we would do in Team Invest because that's still more of a trading type thing. Yeah, but yeah. I'm just arguing. I think it's going to be here for a long time, and I think New Hope and uh, uh, it's going to be a major cash flow generator for Australia and Whitehaven, which is good. Yeah. And Whitehaven, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we'll own the whole basket, yeah. and basically, we'll, we'll depending on how how things. Um, 
unfold. You know, maybe there's a leap in technology, but we'll, we'll adjust our um, we'll adjust our weightings essentially. But yeah. but we got coal and oil probably being at least fifty percent of our energy allocation, like for the, for yeah. the foreseeable future for sure. Uh, I'm uh, Gorab Sodi from uh, Intelligent Investor. Uh, half his investment is in coal at the moment. Yeah, um, man. Yeah, because he re- he reckons. Um, this is worth nine dollars if you take out the. Yeah, ESG yeah. I don't, I'm not worried about the price so much. I think because yeah, yeah. I think the if you look at the cash flows, and I've got a friend who's a bo- yeah. on the board of Glencore, and they're they're looking to buy coal mines because yeah. it's the big Swiss conglomerate. You know, yeah. because people like BHP and others you know, because they want to look good and get rid of them. They're going, oh, we'll buy them. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, we can't pay much, get, of course. You'll get your money back in dividends. Mines. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's the way to go. Yeah. All right. Okay. So you're saying a yes with new home? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's recap the uh, the first five stock stock of the day uh, is Sigma No from both uh, Severwest, Mark Morlan, uh, and No on my Gardner doesn't mind it at the moment. Uh, Resmed a No from both. Um, they prefer Fisher and Paykel number one and CSL number two if you want to be in that space. Uh, Drop Suite a No from both. Um, Nick Scar uh, Adairs rather a Yes from both, but they. Each have a preference for Nick Scarley, so either or, 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 or others. Yeah, yeah, yeah or others. Um, and New Hope, a yes from Mark Morlan, a hold from Mark Gardner. Um, so um, um, it's a really interesting uh, list of stocks that you sent through to us. Now, our fantasy portfolio um, uh, here at the call um, is up and running at the moment. The investment committee meets this week to assess some of the stocks that have been suggested by the panels here and uh, Adairs will go up before the investment uh, panel. Currently in the portfolio is BHP, Macquarie, Mineral Resources, Steadfast, Aristocrat, um, Ordinate, CSL, NextDC and Universal with smaller investments in Qantas and Frontier Digital Ventures and 20% being held in cash. So uh, keep sending in your request to the call because that's the first filter of stocks to go to the investment committee and they'll assess how they fit into their portfolio. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second to none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Uh, coming up in the second half, uh, we're looking at NAB, uh, Homeco Daily Needs REIT, Atlas Arteria, Bubs Australia and Structural Monitoring. All right, uh, let's get into the next stop then. And uh, Mark Gardner, NAB, have you on NAB? Uh, look, it's obviously it's spiked out of lows pretty uh, recently. Um, I'm not a big fan of the big four generally. Um, when we were buying the dip in, in recent times, it was pretty much Macquarie or um, the BNKS, the US banks, um, obviously because they're going to get that, that uplift and probably a more aggressive rate hike uh, cycle yep. over there. Um, yeah, I'm, I think um, it was, yeah, they, they just don't, they really don't interest me. And, I, and I, th- I feel like they're a bit of a dividend trap. I'd probably be a bit of a seller here at the moment. Um, <coughs> they've got risk to the housing market. Um, as well, we've obviously got you know rising interest rates will really affect um, you know 
people's ability to borrow and housing prices pull back. So look, it, it's not an area that I generally, like I generally sort of delve into the big four. I think CBA is really the only one that I would sort of consider out of those. Um, and look, you've got Macquarie. Getting up to a five year high though. Yeah, no, <coughs> which is even Excuse more me. reason to sell in my right. mind. But um, but yeah, so I think you've um, <laughs> you've done pretty well. <laughs> Pretty well. To, look, I, yeah, I'm sell into the rally. I uh, I often get portfolios come in, and, and one of the first things I'll do is consolidate big four holdings that you know most investors have as legacy holdings, and try to shift them into get their money working for them a lot better. So, um, you know, I, I think yeah, five year highs, but it, I mean it was probably higher, you know, ten years ago almost. But yeah, um, okay. yeah I don't. It's yeah, as team invest sort of philosophy, not a great wealth. It was, it was, 30, it was thirty six dollars yeah. back in two thousand fourteen. There you go. So, so right. yeah, right. yeah right. it um, it's yeah. So thirty nine dollars in two thousand and fifteen. Yeah. So, but okay. if you bought Macquarie yeah. Bank at that stage, I'm sure you've done a hell yeah. of a lot that's better. Right. So right. it, um, that's definitely uh, my no. Preference. I completely agree. I think um, Tim Invest doesn't. You know, we're not enamoured with the banks at all. We haven't been for a long time. I mean, but the banks are cyclical. Nab's on a sixteen PE at the moment, and yep. yeah, you really need to, if you're going to invest in banks, just as a rule of thumb, you want to be paying less than ten PE. Because ah. you, know, you look at the history of it, see, um, if you go back and look over the last 10 years, there's been times where it's been 8, 9, yep. you'll tend to do okay then, but yep. anything over 10, you tend not to. That's just yep. a bit of a rule of thumb. Um, I totally agree with the other mark about the risks are far greater uh, in impact than the potential of making more money with a rise in interest rates. Because part of the narrative out there is that as rates go up, the banks will make more money because right. they're making a margin yes. on the... But I'm arguing that the negative effect of that on what it could do to the real estate market will far outweighs any gains. Right. So they've got major risk in, in bad debts and so on with exposure to their real estate, uh, real, residential real estate. And all our banks are basically building societies. Yeah. It's what they really are. Yeah. They're not yeah. banks yeah, like yeah. the US banks. You know, the biggest ones, the biggest ones with the most exposure to residential real estate are like 20% or something. Right. We're like 70 or something. And Macquarie's like that. Macquarie's different. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Macquarie's yeah. different. Macquarie's, Macquarie's, exactly. Macquarie's yeah. a different beast. Yeah, Macquarie's like, like, yeah. like an like, American beast. That's right. It's more like yeah, an American. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. True. So I wouldn't touch it. And I think it's a triple red on our monitors, which means wow. it's a, the, not the highest earnings. The, the, you're, not, you're, you're going to get minus 7% a year return if you invest in it today. Oh, and if you don't invest in it today and you own it today, what we're predicting is you'll get a negative return of 7% a year, mm. average per year, for the next five years. Is that all the big four? Uh, NAB's particularly bad. Right, um, okay. I haven't got CBA. Oh, yeah, CBA, no. I agree about the CBA being the best of them. Right. Um, and it has been the best. CBA, we're showing negative 5%. Oh. So, uh, not, and CBA, CBA, CBA no. is on um, so dividend 20 PE on CBA. Mm. So, so dividend won't even cover. Well, no, that's the problem. When you talk about dividend trap, you know, for yeah. viewers, what that means is people who say, oh, well, I'm, I'm staying there for the dividend, but meanwhile, the capital value goes down, you're actually mm. net losing money. Yeah. Yeah, so you, right. it's a really dumb thing to do. You've got to yeah. look at total return because you're far better off actually being in a company that may pay no dividend or a small dividend and then sell down and pay capital gains tax. You'll get a better uh, overall return and still maintain your income. Sure. You don't need to mm. differentiate and say, I'm only, I have to have a frank dividend. Okay, right. Frank Dividend is nice, but yeah. it's not the whole story. Yeah. And it's, it's even worse inflation adjusted. And we're oh. at 40 year highs in, in, yeah. in inflation. So this is, okay. yeah, it's a. Yeah, that's not inflation adjusted, what we were talking and about. And yeah. all the banks, the big four, have done well in the last 12 months. Price wise. Price wise. Yeah. Not in earnings. So if, if you've got legacy holdings, now's the time to think about that's why you've got to sell on it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, sell, sell for me too. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I'll take so, it. I'd be very happy. 
taken. Yeah, yeah happy, I think right. you've, you've, got a, you've ended up getting a pretty good result yep. considering Sailing where it was a month ago. Yeah. Okay, excellent. All right, uh, Kyle, uh, Matt Muller wants a view on Homeco Daily Needs REIT. Homeco, of course, is the, uh, uh, the big uh, property developer in big box type shopping centres, is it? And the Daily Needs ones is different to the original Homeco. Yeah, it's it's only been listed for uh, a long, year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. We need minimum four full years to, have, right. to be able to be intelligent about it at all. So I wouldn't have a clue. Yeah, okay. Oh. So I know from you, Mark Gunn. Yeah. yeah, look, we probably prefer the industrial um, space in the REIT sector. Um, CIP has been a, a really big favourite of ours, or we will occasionally switch back and forth from them and Goodman's. Um, but look, it's you know I think I'd probably it's at the top of the range in, in a downtrend downtrending channel at the moment. Um, I'd, I'd be more inclined to buy it, you know, sort of more, uh, you know, probably about five or six percent lower if I was going to go right. in that space. But look, they they are pretty. They've got some long, you know, long term whale. Um, they bought up all the uh, the distressed um, masters, the disaster um, that sort of tried to take on Bunnings. Um, and put in things like JB Hi-Fi and et cetera and, and made like centers out of those. So look, there may, there may be some, um, you know, some pickup from that sort of, you know, from you know, that smart sort of purchase because um, they were really not very usable spaces apart from a Bunnings or if you get, yeah. you know. So look, they've been, they've been um, you know, they've taken advantage of that. Um, dividend yields around three, but yeah, again, we're, we, I think CIPs, you know, that, Industrial uh, real estate space is looking at 50% increase in rents over the next sort of five mm. years. So, whereas I don't know whether I'd see that necessarily in retail. Um, yep. and, and so I, I would much prefer to be involved in that industrial space um, for now. Um, but look, they've, you know, they've, done, they've, they've done some reasonable things and you know, the PE is relatively low. And then, um, so it's not a bad business, but I, I definitely want them to be picking, picking them up as you know, a bit more of a bargain okay. rather than buying it here at the top of the range. All right. Scott wants a view on Atlas Arteria, the old uh, Macquarie Infrastructure Group. Uh, the big toll roads uh, has toll roads in United States, France and Germany. Um, uh, the one in France is... Europe's fourth largest motorway group. So um, an alternative to Transurban, I suppose. Yeah, look, uh, not to sound like um, Andrew Whelan, I'd just buy IFRA, to be honest. Um, I think it's got Atlas Arteria in it. It's got Transurban in it. Um, It's definitely not the sort of sector that I would want to be taking um, a risk on, you know, one single company. Um, <coughs> the IFRA ETF's got a whole bunch of other companies in it. They're going to take advantage of all the you know, infrastructure bills that are probably, you know, just starting to get spent now. Um, they got pushed through in the COVID era. era. So um, for me, I'd be, I'd, be rolling, I'd be rolling this into IFRA. And, it's, and look, it's got good distributions as well. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of offshore exposure. Uh, yeah, yeah, look, it's it looks something something can go wrong with with a singular company. Whereas that, it's particularly for an infrastructure um, investment. I think ETF that ETF is a really good way to go um, mm. to broaden your to broaden your exposure. That's so. a really good alternative, uh, Matt. Um, no, uh, it's got it's got about an eight. I think it's about eight years uh, listed. Mm. Return on equity is four point seven. Yeah, we don't we minimum ten. So it's, all its numbers are basically in the red, as in not performing well. Yeah. It's also, just looking at it, the, it's on a P of um, 30, 38. 
yeah. trailing pier, which is double like the, double a, the a sector. Toll, a toll road yeah, yeah. How do you square that? Double, double the sector average. Yeah, so double so. the sector average with not very good numbers. Yeah, wow. I, don't, I don't understand that. Oh, that's a bit weird. Yeah, yeah look, and like I said, if I mean, it's got it's got a little bit of it in in there anyway, and and I just you know, I think. These infrastructure businesses are very, very same, same. Yeah, so yeah. why not? Why not be in a diversified exposure rather than putting, yeah. setting yourself up? For, but from what you're form. saying, in in the sector, it's really expensive. Yeah, compared. Mm. So with it's the not, rest it's of not by any means the best player. Right. And it's really, mm. really expensive. That's yeah. not not a good combination. No, that's not a good combination. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go from in, in, uh, infrastructure to um, uh, infant formula um, with uh, with bubs. Um, Founded in 2006, of course, rode the uh, uh, the China push as um, did A2 Milk and, and Bellamy's. It's in organic baby food and cereals and infant formula has made a couple of acquisitions as well. The, uh, uh, the differentiator with Bubs is as goat milk products rather than dairy milk. Um, Matt Muller? Um, I wouldn't go near it. And the reason is that it's, um, it's got 10 year history and it sort of skimmed along breaking even. You yeah. know, so it didn't make any money. And so the, the boom, when you say they rode the China yeah, story, yeah. Ba- uh, Blackmore's rode the, the yeah. uh, China mm. story yeah. <laughs> really well. These guys and didn't. And A2 Milk And did, A2 and Milk did. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. These yep. guys didn't. Right. And then their earnings started falling off the cliff in 2016, which I guess was when we started having pushback from China. I'm not sure yes. whether there was any other reason for that, mm-hmm. but took a total dive as in losing more money. Um, so they have never made, they've virtually never made any money apart from the tiny right. uh, profits. And uh, the, you know, there's just nothing admirable about this. Return on equity is currently negative minus, it's not negative, it's minus 34%, which means they're losing effectively 34% of their capital per right. year at the moment. Right. And I don't know why, do, why you want to touch it. Yep. Yeah, um, I was lucky enough to have some pretty good insights. Uh, a friend of mine is a founder of an up-and-coming um, baby formula um, company called Little Oaks, and um, they oh, we, we've had her on Startup Daily. Yeah, Elke. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, yeah, look, and that um, they've got some really good cornerstone investors, etc. I think they yeah. might be looking to IPO in the next couple yeah. of years. Um, but yeah, I had a chat with her about this just to give some because you know the analysts are pretty um, you know regurgitating relatively the same things over yeah. and over with this sort of stuff. But um, and her opinion basically was that there's a definite move from millennial parents to go to a high quality product. Um, Bub's product um, tends to be a high margin, um, lower right. quality product apparently, and um, also you know the the Chinese uh, have. Basically, that sort of Diagon um, channel is sort of disappeared because the yeah. Chinese have basically come in and bought into a lot of these companies. So, you know, and then they're, sh- they're shipping it out and um, and storing, etc. Um, yeah, little Oaks going through the FDA approval at the moment because you have to have FDA approval for under twelve months of um, twelve months of age, and it's a three-year right. process. Oh wow! And these guys have only just started. So any sort yeah. of uplift in terms of um, Bubs has just started. Bubs has just only just started yeah. in the last year, sort oh, of thing. So uh, they can wow. sell to above twelve months um, right. uh, without the FDA approval, but obviously that's where the premium um, comes yeah. in. Yeah. So um, yeah, look, it's uh, you know it and. You know, the US is a hard, obviously, because of that, that approval price is a hard place to get into. Um, obviously, you know, yeah. I'm, you know, she's a friend of mine, so I'm, yeah. I'm fond of the company, but they sound like they're doing great things. And there's, there's other, you know, there's other markets out there, like the Middle East, et cetera, where the approval price is a little bit easier that they're not really addressing either. So, look, from a technical standpoint, it looks like it's got a little, little, little bit of a momentum at the moment. The analysts like it, but um, 
Look, I, after talking with her, it's um, and look, stuff like A2 milk and things have, have been an avoid for me for, yeah. for quite a while. So it, um, I almost got you know pulled back into into the uh, into sort of liking something along these lines again. But uh, yeah, it, it's a bit. Of, it's good insight. It's, it's yeah. yeah, good to know people in the space, isn't it? Oh, to, absolutely. To, Go in. That's where we get. You, that's where we get our intel. You get all yeah. of your intel, and obviously you do at Macro as well. Yeah, um, so. that's that's really interesting because the die gals. Everyone talks about these die gals, which are uh, basically people who shop on behalf of mm. customers in China. Now, before <clears throat> the pandemic, they were all the Chinese students, international students, that would come to Australia, study, buy up just go to Chemist Warehouse and buy all this infant formula, yeah. ship it back to uh, to China. It was like this side hustle. That's, it was, that's it, how they made it, all it was their an, money. It was an arbitrage. Yeah. yeah. Because of all yeah, the yeah. import duties and, and the prices in China, they yeah. could sell it a lot cheaper. That was never going to last. No. Yeah, no, and, no. It, and apparently it was ending before COVID. Yeah. And obviously oh, yeah, COVID, yeah, yeah. COVID stuck the knife. No, no, no. It was already, so, already, yeah, everyone talks about before. Look yeah, at the back malls. Every, yeah. every, everyone talks about die gouges as oh, this no. system this legitimate <coughs> network distribution system. Yeah. And it was just Chinese tourists and students packing their suitcases and yeah. taking it overseas and paying for their holiday. Yeah, yeah, well. Paying for their studies. Good if you can get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, uh, and our final stop, Nita, wants a view on structural monitoring systems. Now, I bow to the expertise of you two bikes. Um, <laughs> you might be out of luck there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're out of luck. Design and manufacture of <laughs> electronic products and the provision of manufacturing services to the aviation industry. They have a comparative vacuum monitoring system that uh, how it's been described to me in the aviation industry, it's a way of almost picking fractures in planes and things like that. Yeah, look, I... It's one of those, I like the concept, not necessarily the business. Right. Um, it's a great idea, obviously, with um, labour costs spiralling to the upside. Um, you know, the airlines are already under the pump as it is. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's possibly a very good way to keep their, um, their planes in the air, you know, and, and not in maintenance yeah. uh, for, for, you know, for much shorter periods of time. So, um, but again, it's, it's sort of... There's FAA approval. It's early stage. There's right. stock splits and God knows what going on here at the moment. So um, look, it's at best it's a speculative buy if you right. really believe in the technology. If they get approved, um, I like I said, I do like the concept. I think um, the industry is going to have to go that way because you can't spend three days hunting around a plane trying to you know check find seals and find a fracture yeah. when you know this is a, this is a very very clever and obvious replacement for that where yeah. you go and change a part in you know 15 minutes to an hour instead once a, you know a light comes on it um, yeah. it's the difference between <coughs> driving a mercedes or something now versus a, an older car you know you yeah. know you yeah. don't you know when you you know when you need your oil replaced etc so the yeah. look i like the concept it business wise i i don't think i could go there yeah. just yet um, and I think it needs not, a hell of a lot more confirmation. So. Not investment sort of quality? Well not in this environment at the yeah. moment we're coming out of a period of you know VIX over 30 for nearly you know for 11 or 12 days straight which is the longest streak of high volatility in ages and this is the last thing you want to be yeah. risking yourself on at the moment. Mark because uh, uh, you know how you, how you <laughs> sit, sit and look outside and you see the pilot going around and look at <laughs> under the wings. I said, is that to replace the pilot doing all of that? They said, no, no, it's a bit more sophisticated <laughs> than that, these sensors on, on structural problems. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it sounds interesting. 
Yeah. Uh, they've got a 10 year history of no, no performance at all. Right. I, I get back to that, my point. You know, when you're looking at businesses, unless you want to be a speculator and you're speculating something's going to be a breakthrough, okay, that's fine. Yep. But if, you want to, if you're investing, then you've, there's got to be a reason to invest in it. This is a 100 mil market cap, yep. which means it's obviously got hardly any liquidity as well, which yep. means if you do buy it, you know, are you going to be able to sell it? And there'll be a big gap in the buy, mm. a bid, uh, offer spread on bet. Um, their return on equity is negative by 13% at the moment, so they're losing 30% of their capital a year. They've got no stability. They haven't got any debt, which is good. But the earnings have actually gone backwards. So there's no earnings. So it's basically never made a profit in the decade. Yeah. Then it dived in 18, which is pre-COVID. Yeah. So it went down to, like, when I say dived, the losses went uh, through the roof. And then it's creeping back. So it's been coming back, uh, but it's still not back. It's still negative um, about two cents a share, I think, something right. like that. So it's still, still losing yeah. money. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're saying, if I buy it, I'm assuming they're now going to start making money where they never have in 10 years. Sure. So they might. Yeah. Okay. But for us, what we do is we'd say, okay, show me the money, show me your earnings, yeah. show the stability, show that there's a, you know, there's a future for this, then we'll talk mm. about it. Right. Yeah, there's one thing I, did, I didn't I did mind about it. They do have a small part of the business aircraft component, um, sort of keeps the lights on. So at least they're making an effort to pay for themselves, like yeah. which I, I don't mind, for, you know, you, you kind of respect management for for doing that, and not just coming cap in hand for a cap raise every yeah. you know six to twelve months. But yeah, I, I agree with Mark completely. Like you know, particularly this cycle in, the, in you know um, from a macro perspective as well. It's this is the sort of thing you you might consider a speculative buy when the market's really running hot, but, and you know the and yeah. you know the rising water um, floats all boats, but. At the moment, it's um, yeah. I think you want to. Okay. You, you'd much rather buy it with some confirmation that they've got approval and there's a market for their product. You know, maybe buy it double the price, knowing that it's okay. going to keep going. So I don't right. if you had a thousand dollars to invest. Let's think small. Yeah. Uh, and you wanted to put in this. I'd take you to the casino and play blackjack for a night. It'd be a lot more fun. Right. You lose your money anyway, probably. Or or you might not. Or you might get lucky and. Or donate yeah. or, <laughs> and make some money. Or donate it and get the tax write off. Oh, um, all right, let's recap <laughs> our, our final five stocks. Uh, NAB a sell from both uh, from both marks. Um, Homeco <coughs> a no from both. Atlas Arteria a no. Uh, really good suggestion from uh, from Mark Garner is the the Ifra um, ETF, which. Um, has a bundle of these infrastructure uh, plays in them. Bubs are no, and structural monitoring are no as well. Mark Mullen from Team of Us, always great to have you here in the studio. Mark Gardner, likewise, from Macro. Cheers, thank you. Uh, thank it's you. been a terrific hour, has it? Some great stocks. Thank you for sending them in. If you've got any others that you want us to take a look at and for me to put to our expert panel, uh, email them, the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. All the stocks in the calls fantasy portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Mm-hmm.